Hi, this is Cliff Kriego for the picture-poems.com website in the circle in the square. Thanks for tuning in. This is another one of our introductions for composite CD concert um, works that are all uh, brought together both at picturepoems.com and cs-music.com and especially easy to access on SoundCloud. The newest uh, compilation what else can we call it? We'll come back to that perhaps. Playlist? It's not a playlist. It's an actual concert through Composed. It runs about uh, just a little bit under not trying to be too precise an hour and a half. So it's like um, the it's in two parts. There are eleven pieces with an interval, a pause. So uh, with a, a prelude and coding and all the rest of it. So it's meant to be um, listened to as a whole. Exactly in the way that we're doing it right now. I'm up at uh, Heartbreak Meadow Base Camp. It's a wonderful uh, beginning of July. It's still uh, fairly early in the morning day. Oregon blue sky everywhere. And as you can hear, there's a happy little stream running pure and quickly right next to us. And it's a little place I call Manhattan. It's a south-facing uh, peninsula, very small. And at the south-facing point is a marvelous duo of um, balsam cottonwoods, young ones. And we're sitting right beneath it. Actually, we are. We just went for a dip in the water. It's probably about 12 degrees C. So it's nice and cool, refreshing. And uh, all my clothes are hanging up in the trees. <laughs> you can imagine. We're not going to make a photo. And uh, this is a composite of uh, hard to unravel for botanists of native, very native, and very non-native uh, species here. They're all listening. This is our uh, traditional format for the picture-poems.com and the circle and the square, cs-music.com. Concerts. It used to be a podcast, but I've stopped doing that. And now uh, what we're doing is uh, compositing or through composing. I say composite because I'm looking at a whole chorus of composites. Yes, they're listening. Thousands of them, I'm not exaggerating. They're from the Alps, and they've gone totally haywire. It's a nice expression that comes probably from the Alps. I've never seen so many things fixed with something else other than baling wire string. And it's the oxide daisies. It's Goethe's daisy, a marguerite leaf. They call it in the Alps. For Goethe, he loves me, he loves me not. You're pulling out the Ray Florence. 
So it's a composite. That means composed. Composed. That means we stop the movement for a moment and uh, bring things together and then let the movement flow. So they're brilliant white. With one of their common names is uh, butter and eggs because it has a very yellow oak. That's the not ray but disc flowers. And uh, of course, for mathematicians, those are arrayed in a sunflower like double Fibonacci array. This is um, for people who are interested in that sort of thing. There's a marvelous uh, talk on uh, number file that is uh, you can easily find that on YouTube and just look under they have many episodes on fee so it's a, the irrational number of irrational numbers yes they're listening and uh, they go into why that's the perfect irrational <laughs> number to distribute seeds in a composite disk 0.61 or whatever it is and uh, uh, because you never repeat isn't that marvelous as you spin around the center and not just once but in two uh, uh, complementary directions isn't that wonderful so there are thousands of them here they're considered a noxious weed what would you do about them they are uh, take my word for it <laughs> unstoppable um, so you could spray them, you could dig them. And the reason why they're taken off is that this place is, uh, at the present moment, as we speak, um, tremendously abused by an outdated, um, uh, very um, misguided, I have friends who might be listening, so we're being diplomatic, uh, violent, uh, should be banned, <laughs> should be illegal, prohibited grazing pra practice. So, for some reason, they're highly edible. You can make, you can remember that. This isn't a field notes report. We're going to get to the music. But it's so beautiful to see them that I can't uh, help uh, but mention them. There are chorus in the background. And remarkably, in the Alps, uh, you would only get one to a square meter maximum. In here, there are hundreds to the square meter. So, go figure. They're edible. You can put them in your omelets. And the cattle, for whatever reason, I guess they're too strong, don't eat them. So they're selected negatively, and now they've exploded. So there is a kind of before-our-eyes imbalance. But it will balance itself out eventually. It's only a question of time. So that, that, that could be a theme, that uh, here we are, we're looking at this water, and we're going to be talking about the philosopher's liar. That's a new concert uh, set of uh, pieces. There are 11 separate pieces. I'm not going to call them tracks. That's almost like a swear word. We're boycotting Spotify up here. It's uh, We could do a whole uh, podcast talk on just... I don't use Spotify, but I do know, just like Facebook, that the world and music and the muse would be very much blessed if it were to go extinct yesterday. So there are oxide daisies, and we're talking about the philosopher's liar, TPL. you got to get used to saying that. And that's about an hour and a half. 
a little bit less, 11 uh, uh, pieces. And on SoundCloud, they belong so much together that they are composited, just like the sunflower, and uh, through compose. That means you work on a piece from beginning to end. There's a tradition of that in music. So if you're not a musician, say one of the greatest composers on the planet of all time, his, his music and ideas and everything remains vibrantly relevant and actual as we speak is Johann Sebastian Bach. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, uh, the way I sense that Bach uh, works is that uh, a movement in a cantata, say like, ich stehe mit einem Fuß Grabe, I'm standing with one foot in the grave. They're never very happy texts, by the way. It's all this Protestant stuff that's no longer very relevant. But um, the arias are always, without exception, through composed. Now, what does that mean in Bach's case? That he actually sat down in that wonderful Leipzig apartment, just bubbling with life and energy and enthusiasm for the spiritual excellence in the arts. And of course, under a great deal of uh, pressure to produce. A huge family responsible for the Thomas Corps, the, the, the Thomas uh, Church uh, Boys Choir, which, by the way, still exists. That should make uh, Johann proud, I would say. That was a, a, a part of former East Germany. And of course, the communism cherished its music in a way that's even been lost. I actually know people from Poland and Eastern Germany, in Russia, by the way, that said they had it much better <laughs> under communism than uh, predatory capitalism. But that's, again, another subject. We'll put that in the back drawer. But through Compose, so uh, he would sit down, and you imagine his table at the little Kavir, children jumping around, uh, smoking a pipe. <laughs> you know, it's just a marvelous existence. What a privilege to be creating one piece after the other for a vitally music, uh, musically alive culture. Music was the heart and soul of that culture. So you would sit down and compose, and you wouldn't get up until the piece was finished. So it's none of this stuff that you're working on a piece for months at a time. And that's it, and then you go on to the next one. And some compo co entire cantatas, that's a composite, like our sunflowers again, with seven or eight or nine pieces, um, uh, might have been written like that. But many of them weren't, and you can hear that. If you, you know, that uh, it's always going to be a theory because you're not actually there. And it's really not all that important. They're wonderful regardless. But uh, what I'm uh, uh, just bringing into awareness is the movement of through composing is not a playlist on determined by an algorithm with absolutely zero natural intelligence. Well, a modicum of intellect. But intellect is always based on the past. So it's always going to be violent. I've never quite thought that before, so let that sink in. So the spirit of what we're doing here, that's a question. Are all algorithms inherently violent? Well, in, 
They're especially violent if we're not clear about the difference between intelligence and intellect. Intellect is a product of thought, of the past, that a computer is simply imitating, and then much, much better than we could ever do it because it has access to infinite data, in a way. So let that sink in. So it, the computer algorithm will defeat us only, and it's like a uh, uh, sine qua non. It's the condition that determines what is mechanical. Any mechanical task of thought, whether it's mathematics or musical, it can be that too. Like to write down a piece that's heard, a computer can do that much better than a human being. It just spits out the notation. might make a few mistakes, but so what? Of course, we're trained at conservatories to do that, so tortured, rather, at conservatories to do that sort of thing without the slightest bit of awareness of why it on earth would be relevant or important. That's why we're sitting here next to the flowing water. You see, I'm so happy because I'm coming from the sagebrush step doing photo work. I don't even have a camera with me. Uh, here, but there I was doing a lot of photo work in climate crisis, climate breakdown, pick your term, and the retreats of the great conifer montane forest up the mountain. So I spent four weeks and there's no streams there and uh, water is very questionable quality. But it's magnificent wildflower, for example, these uh, oxide daisies, our margaritas, uh, are there, but not uh, not super abundant. It's not nearly as heavily grazed there as here. But to come into conifer country again, with all this summer climate crisis heat and intense, Lord knows what the ozone up there is doing with the UV, is a real blessing. So that's how you really get to know water. So there's Bach through composing. And the spirit of the thing is the philosopher's lyre. That was composed right out in the sagebrush step. And I only mention that because that's a very great privilege. That started at 3 o'clock natural time. And you get first direct sunset at four. So all of the wonderful lark sparrows and meadow larks and even a few robins up there, uh, they start singing at about three o'clock natural time. We don't do that daylight savings time up here. And I highly recommend that. Don't, don't screw up your clock your diurnal clock. What you do is, like any conductor, has to learn how to transpose in any number of languages. And they're called C, D, E flat, E, F, F, E, you know, all the rest of it. So if you're talking to a horn player, you talk horn. You don't talk uh, C, you talk F. Well, that's all you got to do. So I'm looking at a C, and I say, hey, Fred, can you play that G a little bit louder? And he knows, if I say C, he won't know what I mean. But if I say G, he'll know exactly. And then you sing the note and all the rest of it. But uh, um, 
that's the way to deal with this insanity of screwing with natural time. I've never met a single man or woman who likes it, and yet we allow it to happen. Sounds like a definition of Western government, doesn't it? Well, back to the philosopher's lie. TPL, 11 uh, tracks. <laughs> tracks. 11 songs known, 11 compositions. And they're all composite, you get it? You're bringing together love and energy and magnificence of sound. And if those things are missing, then we don't have a good composite. And that's no more complex or difficult than this water. Good sound, good water. I'm proposing, this is very serious, that that's not an analogy, it's exactly the same. So the good of the water has to be demonstrated. And the good of the music has to be demonstrated. And how we do that is in performance. So we're performing it right now. So consider this to be a movie. These aren't, even though they're all obviously electronic with voices and with my close mate in crime down in Frio, Australia, the great trombonist Simon. The Han, well, uh, they are uh, made using any number of composites. There's all kinds of electronics. <laughs> is involved, are involved, kinds, and, uh, but in a way I'm thinking of the great Edgar Varese uh, back in the 1920s, he was, uh, is that, can we still say that, is, that's still politically correct, he was the father of electronic music and did that we're still in our introduction. <laughs> TPL, The Philosopher's Liar. We'll come back to our first track. It's called, it's a title track. How do you like that? See, now you got me saying it's Spotify. Uh, by the way, a track, uh, <laughs> I'll keep on, because I saw a magnificent program in, uh, in Swiss German by that wonderful Eva Wagenmacher, I think. Uh, um, but I don't know, but I learned more, enough, more than enough about Spotify to keep me going for a couple seasons. And it's all entirely despicably destructive. But an artist, will be generous here, is paid uh, 0.005 euro cents a play. Go figure. That's the standard going around. So the people who own the wires, they're becoming like uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, he has so much money in, with Amazon. That, did he buy Washington? Well, gee, that wouldn't be too bad. Let him buy the Pentagon. He runs the Pentagon's computers. Um, um, well, they have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. But uh, us poor uh, um, Bach uh, composer types, we're being bored into the ground. As we speak, every year it gets worse and worse and worse. And don't take my word for it. 
just look uh, if you're on a bus go shout out loud are there any musicians here <laughs> if you're on the subway shout out loud is there any composer here I, I'm like a doctor so a doc, I need a composer I need, and just ask them how life is going <laughs> it was bad enough in the era of CDs but we're not complaining back to TPL does that sound good enough so there are 11, that's the title piece, com, uh, composition. And it's just a little four-minute thing, but four minutes in the current era. Watch that Ava, <laughs> the piece uh, from Swiss uh, Public Television. Excellent, by the way. Much better than what we have over here in my view. Uh, they haven't been corrupted by, uh, you know, all the um, political demands uh, 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 NPR is, has lost its independence, and you must be independent. So is the BBC. So then they become like state, uh, full of fear and state uh, corruption. But there's much less of that as we speak. That's, they're trying to get rid of it. Don't worry. The, the forces of evil in the world. But imagine that's all you get for a play. Well, let's hope for the best. But then we have, let me just mention that, the difference between, how should we say that, like and truth. There's no truth button. Right? I could care less if you like the philosopher's lion. And I could care less if you listen to it. And, uh, there's an independence of spirit that's crucial to serve the muse. You do the right thing because it's right. And obviously you could be wrong. But the whole idea is to demonstrate truth. So without further ado, I have a different setup here. It's not high tech. Sitting here butt naked. Let's see if this works. Didn't work. It worked. This is the philosopher's lyre is playing through a speaker we're entirely sun to sound all music that's not sun to sound we should boycott there you have it brothers and sisters now listen what happens that's four plus five here comes the ground Philosophy and here comes that stupid voice of It only head. takes one bad idea to destroy a man or a woman. So I'm asking, is that true? Or even an entire civilization. Philosophy is not just something we think about. It is something that we do, a practice. That's what we're doing right now. Or yoga. It goes after the contradictions. To speak against. The misplaced broken strings. 
tunes and retunes its lyre religiously each day to the ground of truth. So they're tuning their instruments. Philosophy sings its songs in the open. That's what we're doing right now. Honest, naked, direct, and simply listens to how the sound resonates. Out into the universe. Thanks for listening. I've never done that before with this seven. So all of this junk, <laughs> I'm, I need five people to help. It's all, uh, it would make one hell of a film because it's so stupid. And But it's wonderful to make mistakes. Um, well, that's our title track, title piece. And they're all questions, one after another. And that, um, let's see, how can we talk about that? I hope I didn't, because uh, uh, I'm holding a speaker that's coming from a uh, retro, uh, that's an MP for, for techies out there, that's a compressed CD WAV file that's put on an MP3, which was uh, a, a rule of thumb, an order of magnitude, smaller, so if it was uh, a gigabyte, it'll be down to 100 uh, megabytes. And um, that's what made Spotify possible, that revolution. And it is, uh, I would highly recommend that uh, if you're interested in technology and music, that you study that with some seriousness. Because MP3 is, geez, I don't know, it's more than 20, it could be almost 30 years old. It's an open mathematical algorithm. Um, developed by the Fraunhofer Institute in Germany, and it's open source. So I, when I use that, I'm not paying for it. That's public ground. That's a magnificent thing that made the 
potentially musical revolution on the internet possible. But just like Facebook is destroying, if you're still on Facebook, I would highly recommend that you verbally first get all your family and friends to delete it, but boycott it. And just like the current government in the United States, you should never buy potato chips without saying the word impeachment if you have any respect for truth. Um, it's a, a moral act to get rid of the damn thing because what they've done, and Spotify has done, is that they've colonized our creative spirit. And now we've become slaves for them, quite literally. Every click, every piece we put there, and it's totally immoral. It's the very essence of a new kind of very subtle, um, invisible digital violence. So the scientists were honoring them. And the water is honoring them. The magnificent mathematics, which I don't claim to understand at all, but certainly would love to, of how MP3s were possible. Well, that's a story to be told. There's everything in the internet, from HTTP to FTP, uploading, all, all of these different things, which are truly our common ground digital revolution. They've all, not uh, future tense, past tense, have been taken away from us. And there are only a handful of players, the Google, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, et al., of Spotify for music of the world. Imagine that, 0 0.005 cents a play. Well, they can just go take it and you know what. That uh, um, there has to be not resistance, but clarity and understanding and truth. And then the evil just goes away, withers away. It's like this river, this stream. If it's polluted and it is polluted, you go to the source of the pollution, the cows, and, and take it away. If you don't do that, then everything else is just plain false. So go to the source of the pollution. That's what the picture poems.com project in the circle and the square is all about. That's what music is. It's not about it is. It is demonstrating that. So what is this little piece of philosopher's life? Um, I've never done anything remotely similar. That's always exciting. That's always exciting. And there's always resistance. That's uh, uh, that thought, that intellect of the past. Thought is the past. That's why water is such a good place for meditation and doing mathematics and music, because you can't possibly understand the complexity of it. So you, you it's not that you give up. You know that it is respectfully infinitely beyond anything I can think about. So is sound. What we just heard, it's probably a little bit too loud, but I'm experimenting. I'm very proud that this is all sun to sound, and I meant exactly what I said. There, uh, our only power in the world is really the power of saying no and boycott if you have no political voice. Well, I can say for one, I, Cliff Kriego, have no political voice in the world. That means no representation. I wouldn't know where it would come from. 
But I do have the power to say no. And in that saying no, when people come together, that becomes a, uh, a new common ground that has political force. And how that should be organized in the future, that remains to be seen. That's the unknown. You see, an algorithm can never deal with it. Ask a computer, well, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about it. But how to, how to corrupt a, an election? Like Cambridge and Analytica and Trump and uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg at all. What they did uh, with Brexit in the European Union and Great Britain. Good God. That's one of the biggest political scandals of the 21st century so far. And the people, just uh, with great impunity, they continue to go on because we have no voice. Well, the thing that horrifies them most is truth. And all truth, I'm just talking out loud, begins by saying no to the false. That's what music is. That's why the philosophers lie. You're tuning and tuning and retuning. So you don't know what the ground of truth is, like it comes in the poem, or sutra rather, or miniature, and tunes its strings each day again and again to the ground of truth. Just watch a string quartet play. Most people have absolutely no idea anymore. Spotify? Go listen to Beethoven on Spotify. You should smash the thing. It's a total contradiction. Just watch a harpist tune their harp. There's no final tuning. It's an ongoing way of being. A movement. Just like this water. Stop the movement and there's no water. So, the philosopher's liar, I didn't want to get this introduction too long, so we'll just do uh, the philosopher's liar for this intro and take it, play it by ear from there if we do other pieces. Um, but I'm trying to lay out the groundwork uh, for something new. So, sun the sound. So I'm actually holding a little speaker that's charged by the sun, and I was holding it into these magnificent directional, but they're very sensitive microphones. And I have to be careful, I've never done that before. <laughs> so I'm improvising, like Simon Dahan, my friend, says. Uh, a great improviser, I'm not. That, uh, so I'm getting it close to the um, stereo microphones. And the MP3, this is highly recommended. Maybe I'll put a photo on this. This could be the photo for this uh, little uh, talk, dialogue tape. Is uh, an Apple, bless them. The great Steve Jobs is up there smiling and listening. It's a magnificent design. They were called uh, iPod uh, Nanos. This is before the Apple iOS iPhone. And they were so good, this is a theory, not a fact, but it's interesting. They were so good that Apple 
was probably forced by the music industry to discontinue him. Or at least they, they saw much too, too much trouble coming downstream. Uh, because uh, as soon as people figured out you could, uh, as it was appropriately called, rip tracks <laughs> uh, from a CD and compress them, that means make them small, one-tenth uh, approximately, one-eighth is the formal, but it depends on the quality, don't be too precise. Uh, then you could put them on iPods. Hmm. And you could put them on the internet, put them in email, send them around, do it. So, but you're actually stealing them from the old way of thinking and using them and doing whatever you want with them, right? Well, the iPod uh, Nano, I collect them. They started out at $200 on eBay. You get refurbished. This isn't a commercial. Uh, but they're like, uh, it's technology that was done fantastically right and was discontinued uh, for some irrational reason. So it's like an endangered species, I think. So I'm in there uh, rescuing iPad 2s uh, uh, and 3s. No, no, I, I don't even know if you go beyond 2. Once they got to four, they started to go towards the direction, ill design, really, uh, for the iPhone. The iPhone is a, a, a monument of genius to Steve Jobs, uh, but it does far too many things, right? So the iPod was only music and sound. That's how it should be for people who are serious about sound in the world and spiritual excellence. And it's running on solar power out here, baby. <laughs> it just takes a moment to charge. Lord knows how long this one is going to last. But these are all saved from the garbage dump. It'll cost you 30 bucks. There are people, I've never met them, but we're sending our picture poem blessings to them that actually know how to take the damn things apart because they were not designed for continuous use. You use that lithium-ion battery, and then, as we all know, they burn out, and then that's it. You throw them away, and then they're recycled with tremendous uh, violence somewhere in uh, behind the scenes. And eventually all that cadmium and lithium and stuff wind up in this little creek, and eventually in um, the body of Cliff Crego. So if we don't see that... Uh, nature as a whole, then we just buy another iPod and say, screw it, I just want, to, I want the damn thing to work. Don't forget here in Northeast Oregon, people do not recycle batteries, just of the flashlight variety. That's how backward we are here. That's a good indicator. They're still using plastic bags. You know, they, they just do not, with a, in French, you would say, they don't give a shit about the earth full stop. <laughs> um, but wonderful people, but it's just ignorance. They do not give a shit. And there are lots of cows up here doing that very thing in this water. Now, would we tolerate a thousand people up here shitting and pooping, putting toilet paper and all the rest in our drinking room? No, we've gotten past that. But with cows, we still do. It's just a legacy, a mistake. Without attacking any of the ranchers or people involved in it. But it's, that's what the 
philosopher's liar is about. So that's a good place to pick up. So that's enough of an infomercial for the iPod. You can't pronounce an iPad. It's the little one. It's not bigger than a, a, a one and a half times a stick of gum. And it's abs- take my word for it, it's absolute genius. It changes my work tremendously because I always have it with me. And I only listen to my own things. <laughs> that might sound like a strange... I don't listen to other music, uh, generally, except maybe if I'm down at the office, I'll listen to Bach. There's no contemporary music. That means, like, new avant-garde music composed in San Francisco, San Diego, <laughs> New York City, or Boston that interests me a hoot. I'm not interested in it at all. If it disappears today, I just say good riddance. But I am interested in this little iPod, my own music, in, in this water. And again, I don't care if you listen. <laughs> There's a whole group of people that say, I care if you listen. You know, just <laughs> so what am I going to do in this culture? So we're... Oh no, I hear a cow. I have to be prepared here. Where are they at? <laughs> I think we're still sitting. So the, let's go back to uh, TPL, the philosopher's line. So it's asking the question. It only takes, that was entirely improvised, it would make a wonderful film, 4 o'clock in the morning, first light, and I just start talking into one of these magnificent Japanese Zoom microphones. I mean, it's just an absolutely breathtakingly beautiful technology probably thousands of technicians that we've never seen, we'll never meet. So we're sending those comrades uh, our blessings. Because that's real creativity. That's not a computer algorithm. How are you going to design a microphone if you have no concept of beauty and sound? What are you going to design for? Well, they've they've done an excellent job. So it only takes one bad idea to destroy a man or woman or an entire civilization. So we can, with all due respect, go beyond the great Jared Diamond collapse. I hope everyone has studied that. There's a new collapse book out that is done. But in order to understand collapse, the only real concept we need is truth. We need a concept of truth that's beyond thought. So you can never say what truth is. It's always beyond what we can think about. Anything we can measure, anything we can describe, anything we can represent, anything we can make, anything we can map. So is that that's beautiful in a way. So that means the truth is the same as the unknown. I have many environmentalist friends who are stuck in the past of 1964. Appropriately so, because wilderness needs to be defended. But the way we use the word wilderness is totally different. It's beyond measure. So wilderness is right here, right now. It's not defined by a... But that's, you know, 
the national forest wilderness kind of thing, which is important and must be defended, but it's a relatively um, small concept. Whereas wilderness with a capital W is infinitely beyond what we can talk about. And that's what listening, that's what music is, is entering that wilderness. It's not the damn like button. You see how evil that like button is? It'll take us inevitably, inherently, without exception, to the lowest common denominator. That means whatever you want to call it, authoritarianism, fascism, Donald Trump, um, Mussolini. It, makes, it takes you to the, uh, the worship of violence and control. That's what a like button does. And that's why these people have become so powerful that are behind the like button. They could care less what we like. They just want to know what it is so they can sell more of it and control it. Well, that's not music. Because truth can be very difficult, right? Like a medicine. I'm thinking of instantly that, uh, what is that, book two or something, book five, I can't remember, in the Republic, Plato, that um, the wonderful Socrates, one of our heroes, tells why democracy must uh, corrupt itself and self-destruction. And we're witnessing that as we speak. And he gives the analogy of uh, the shopkeeper, one sells sweets, and the other one is a doctor who only gives you bitter medicine, but it's what you need, right? So which one are we going to support and vote for? Well, we all go for the sweets, right? That's so brilliant, it's timeless. So it only takes one bad idea to destroy a man. Well, our idea of ranching is a very bad idea. <laughs> I mean, the way that it's practiced. There are many, I don't want to go into details there. But we are sitting in a, what should we call this, a vernal, that's spring, vernal wet meadow. It's going to dry up within about three or four weeks. And it was late snow melt relatively this season. So it's a weird composite. There are senatios, that means senators, the ones with gray hair like me, that uh, senatios, hydrophila, I think, they're the ones that love boggy uh, ground. And they come after camisoles. It's like a natural clock. That's why that natural time, when these things flower and set seed, you see them, they're perennials. When that happens is a crucial rhythm. So our destruction of... Uh, climate as we've known it and where civilization has flourished that's what's being ripped apart well it only takes one bad idea so I'm asking is that true 
What's going to come after democracy? Well, we don't know. So just quickly through the philosopher's fire, I want to give an overview and then mention three things we could listen to and wrap it up with that. Well, there are 11 pieces in two parts. So the first uh, piece is obviously the title track, The Philosopher's Lyre, TLP, TPL. And then you get an older piece. It was written some 15 years ago that I needed to put in there. It's called The Good and the Bad. And I'm very proud of it. The sound quality isn't as good as the first uh, Philosopher's Lyre, but that's all right because the uh, there are five miniatures that uh, come on stage. Imagine this like Greek theater, a film of Greek theater. It's very bare bones, very austere, and different orchestras and dancers and narrators come before um, the amphitheater center. That's how I listen to it. And acoustically, that's how it's designed. It's designed with a round... Uh, surround sound, not coming from the back, but more 180 degrees, with sounds being as much as um, one centimeter from your ear to, you know, all the way out to 100 meters, 200 meters. And that's crucially important because where a sound in, uh, is located in Johann Sebastian Bach isn't relevant, except for uh, the double choir effects in the Great Passions. But otherwise, you could do it in many different ways, and it's really not that important. Uh, but sound and uh, space in this music is tremendous. It's just as important, or even more important, than actual melody or notes sometimes. It's very dynamic. And it's as it should be, because it's the great potential of uh, uh, computers, in the positive sense, in electronic music. So the way that we're using computers is the way a mathematician uses computers to explore the unknown of a fractal universe. You couldn't possibly do that. Fractals didn't exist before computers. They were intuited, but you couldn't do anything with them because to do millions of repeated operations a second uh, was obviously not possible. While we're experiencing a technical revolution with music, potentially, it's not being used, as far as I know, um, uh, but it is possible. So that's what we're calling attention to in the philosopher's liar. So the second uh, track, The Good and the Bad, and that ends with a tribute to the great R. Buckminster Fuller. He's also featured in, let's see, it's uh, I don't know the exact number, eight or nine. I'm not looking at a piece of paper. That uh, So you get double, there's a poem that's actually written for Bucky Fuller. It's called Dome. And that's in the piece that's called Sunset, which is a term uh, that was introduced by Buckminster Fuller. So instead of seeing a sunrise as if the sun is rising above the earth, you correct it, retune the word, give it more truth, uh, content, um, by calling it Sunset, because we're on spaceship earth, as it turns west to east, we're going to turn into the sun. And there, up at Buckwheat uh, Overlook Base Camp, 
when that piece was composed, that's exactly what was happening. And all of nature, without exception, up here in the um, Earth's surface anyway, I don't know about the oceans, uh, runs on that clock, that movement. So we're honoring that. So that's the, um, it's called uh, weaponry or livingry. Livingry is also a term introduced by uh, Bucky Fuller. And I think you get instantly what it's about. The insanity, just in, in the United States, of spending, wasting $2 billion of our money for death and destruction, not a year, but every single day. And uh, so we have a military runaway beyond all compare. So um, you've probably heard of the Green New Deal. Why well, refuse to talk about that without uh, weaponry into livingry? Because that's all you really need. And then you will, uh, the, the, the Green New Deal will come inevitably out of that because we'll have the insight and awareness and resources beyond all compare. Just imagine what you could do for a Green New Deal with $2 billion. That's the budget of Oregon for an entire year, or thereabouts. Don't try to be too precise. It's a heck of a lot of money. And that's all being not just wasted, but it is what I call eco-genocide. So that's a composite of ecocide, a term... Uh, not introduced, but brought into awareness by the great Polly Higgins, who just passed away, the British uh, philosopher and writer, and great speaker. And uh, the genocide, which was made uh, infamous by the Germans. Oh, we get cattle passing through here. And I just saw an eagle. If the eagle would... Yeah, two eagles. I didn't, my eyesight, I don't have glasses on. Unfortunately, they're turkey buzzards and they're, they're looking at me. Um, so I gotta wave at them so they know I'm not, uh, of course they can see them. Well, we'll let the cows be. So, eco-genocide. So all ecocide is genocide, and all gene genocide is ecocide. So I think it, it might be better. I'm just trying this out. Ecocide, ecogenocide, ecogenocide. It's only five steps, and it's very clear because that's exactly what we're doing right now. So I'm suggesting that in the dialogue circle is a um, idea. And is it true? That's what you ask. Without saying that any one person has a monopoly on truth. And how do we do that? We tune our strings. You tune your strings in thought by looking at what it explains and what it leaves out. If it's clear, you're looking for clarity and how all the different ideas and facts and theories, which are all mutually arising, how they ring together as a symphony. Isn't that beautiful? So eco-genocide, weaponry to livingry. That should be really the primary thing we're giving attention to, to stop runaway militarism, will 
stop climate crisis. If not wholly, then at least raise awareness in a way that we say, good God, what have we done? The main thing that we look at in dialogue circle is our war on nature, our war on ourselves, against ourselves. So are we at war with nature? Even as a hardcore environmentalist with 30 years of experience can still be at war with nature. So our primary ignorance is ignorance of the movement which causes that violence, that war, that conflict. And that's what the music is, not just about. Everything about it is that. It should sparkle with that uh, energy. Well, so have a listen. There are five miniatures. Those are not poems. Those are sutras. Those are musical, philosophically, highly ordered, measured, musical ideas that are cut like little quartz crystals. And it's wonderful to put them like a shaman's, that's how I think of it, is energy, a little wand, they're together with sound, so, and I love to feature avian friends, so in that piece you have the Clark's Nutcrackers, they're up there, we hope, not quite listening, but a whole vertical kilometer higher than where I'm sitting here next to our little stream. Well, we only have a few minutes left, so let's run through the other tracks. After that, you get to a, it's a new species. I'm very excited about it. It's the one that goes with uh, uses fractal mathematics, uh, philosophical miniatures, and a wonderful ensemble that's two very, very, very grand pianos left and right, with uh, two piccolos, two horns, two trumpets, two trombones, and two tubas. So that makes twelve or so all together. And they're distributed in space, and it's a very, it sounds small, relatively, to a Mahler orchestra of 90 or 100, but it makes a very powerful sound. And with the new technology, it's possible to come closer, even surpass how it would be played acoustically, with me conducting with the best uh, performers I could get in Berlin or Amsterdam. That's my intention. So when we do these pieces, I'm rehearsing them like I would rehearse the very best people in Amsterdam. And you do it over and over and over again until you have what? Truth. Or until you've got to get a hamburger and a smoke and a beer. <laughs> I'm just so tired you can't take it anymore. And that's what you do with concerts, right? So that's why we need that pressure of Leipzig and Bach. Yeah, we got to get this stuff out there, right? <laughs> You gotta keep, uh, keep the movement like this water going, otherwise it turns stale and starts to decay. So that piece is called, let's see, so you get the good and the bad. Difference. Ah, what a wonderful title. So figure it out. That's the third piece. The fourth one is a meditation. 
And there are uh, many dedications and references in this project. This one is for the great Carl Sagan. And I'm thinking of the Voyager 1 and 2, even though he did make a despicable <laughs> uh, risk in sending all that plutonium, uh, those nuclear powered by nuclear reactors. Well, that could have gone tremendously awry. Uh, but they're out there in that uh, pale blue dot in the poems and his writing is some of the greatest poetry in English of the past hundred years, in my view. So I'm talking about the spirit of the violin. And I make references. It's a very simple piece of this water. There are coyotes recorded right here in the dead of winter. And they're singing with a natural acoustics. There's not a computer echo thrown in. So uh, they're singing into old growth, ponderosa pine and duck fir. I'll be very quick. And listening to their echo in the dead of winter on two meters of snow at 3 o'clock natural time in the winter. And it's talking about the spirit of sound. Well, science, unfortunately, all those mathematicians, we know nothing about the spirit of sound. So I'm saying sound is the universe, is a movement of energy, is chi, is prana, is yin and yang. It's not like it. So what does that mean? First and foremost, that it's always moving to wholeness, regardless of what we do. Like that you don't tell this water how to move. It knows how to move. That's the very essence of the great Chinese tradition of Taoism. I'll do this very quickly. And part of that complement, movement of wholeness is complementarity. Without complementarity, anything that manifests evidently cannot become whole. So I'm talking about that in this little poem. It's called the Norwegian Spruce. So it's also dedicated to the great Norwegian Spruce that gives us the wood for Stradivari's violin tops. Well, that wood was no went extinct already a hundred years ago of that quality. The Norwegian spruces are all still around, but uh, mostly in very steep uh, collapse, just like our white bark pines here. And that's been going on for decades. Talk to anybody from the Swiss mountains because it's a key species. A mountain farmer doesn't think about the violin, appropriately, but he's thinking about uh, the trees that hold down the snowpack that keeps his barn safe in winter. So that's all of those things are in that poem. And it's a love song. Number five is totally different. And I'm anxious to see what you think. We do care if you love the pieces. <laughs> Spread the word. Is called uh, Border Wall. Ooh. <laughs> And uh, we're running out of time, but there's a lot that could be said about it. And it was done together with Simon, it was a fantastic trombone playing on six different uh, tracks. <laughs> so there's six different streams. And I'm singing on nine different tracks. And we never met, it was all done via the miracle of the internet, sending styles and curses back and forth. And uh, um, there's a speech choir, like a Greek choir, of nine voices about. Nine was a sacred number, probably because of the, uh, for the Greeks, of the magic square. But uh, uh, I'm just thinking out loud. And it's a computer voice, deliberately, because now in our dehumanization of human culture, 
it's possible to have a computer speak with better rhythm than a human being if you're doing it with whatever you want to call it, a modicum of musical sense or truth. That's a conjecture. So don't take my word for it, listen to it. And that's why the pieces were put into one, for a computer person, file, everything is a file, and compressed MP3 so that you can go out and buy one of your iPods. Not an iPhone, that's forbidden. <laughs> if you want to listen to music, um, the, the iPod is meant to go into the wilderness for two or three weeks with nothing. No books, nothing. No, let alone a phone. No cameras, nothing. And say, so you want to get really serious about sound. Well, you can listen to this either with earphones or speakers or any way you want, over and over and over again. It's a path that takes us through a kind of pathless land. And then you find the things you resonate with that's not like. That's the beginning of love and compassion that you resonate with. Everybody resonates with the natural universe in a different way. That's what makes the individual character unique, also in the Greek sense. Isn't that beautiful? So we get border wall, and then as front and center for the center of part one of the concert, let me finish up here, is Pod. And that's where Simon uh, does a magnificent uh, off-the-cuff talk about his journey, life journey, to find resonance with the earth, in this case with his trombone. In this case, with uh, a pod of uh, humpback whales uh, singing. And of course, he's in a unique privileged position. He's in the most isolated city on earth in West, uh, they say, and I've never been there, in Western Australia, WA, Frio, uh, and Perth. Very quickly getting hit by climate crisis, by the way, running out of water. But that's a beautiful piece. And that ends the first part of the concert. Uh, the second part picks up with Darkness. That's a sound poem written basically on a magnificent poem by uh, Lord Byron, 1816, The Year Without a Summer. So I won't talk about that anymore, but go for it. Explore it. There's a lot there. And that's a whole symphonic poem. And that could be played orchestrally, but I'm really not interested in it. Um... Then, let's see, what comes after that? Ah, yeah, an extinction of a different kind. And then uh, in every concert you bring out the different, uh, you repeat different ensemble, they're called formations, like a military analog metaphor, that formation. So we bring out the, the, the 12 winds and uh, grand, very, 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 that means nine foot full uh, Steinways. Or even better would be Yamaha, that brilliant Japanese sound. Uh, very bright and percussive. That's what we're looking for. And I'll just say a word to pianists is that I hate chords in pianos I, because I don't like equal temperament. Um, not all the time. It depends on the music. It's perfect with Bach. But for Verez and what I'm doing, it's very destructive. 
And so I, you'll notice I only use pianos as a melodic instrument. I never allow them to play chords. Only if they um, push down the, the wonderful invention, you could do a whole talk on that, the uh, sustaining pedal. Don't forget in the time of Bach, there was no sustaining pedal. That was just coming in. And that was the end of harmony in Western, counterpoint rather, in Western music, because um, it's like... Uh, <laughs> Lord Byron, did he do that too? You know, that you start to get addicted to certain cough medicines. <laughs> that you get carried away with using too much of a good thing. <laughs> and that uh, the whole 19th century of music, that uh, with the nadir, with that uh, despicable Russian <laughs> of like Rachmaninoff and whatnot, playing these thick, horrendous-sounding, ugly chords. But... Uh, uh, that that's a question. Is that really? Yes, there's a cow listening to this. It's happily going away. So that's an extinction of a different kind, and that's about a free spirit, and that's a very important piece. And it uses that same fractal geometry. We won't go into the details. And um, that marvelous uh, melodic uh, Yamaha piano sound, better than I can get any living pianist to play it. By the way. And uh, I'm not. That's not an insult to the living pianists. It's only because they're not willing to work hard enough. If they were willing to spend a couple months on it, yeah, we could do it. But where are you going to find people that want to work them? They don't. It's an endangered species. We're just making fun. Um, but what you hear is what it is. I have no intention, even if I were paid very much money, because it wouldn't be better. So that's what we're shooting for, performances that are digitized that are better than what human beings at present can do. And there are many, many reasons for that that we should go into, but we'll leave that for another time. So that's an extinction of a different kind. So that's the present extinction has become a, uh, a meme, uh, uh, a fashionable word now. But what are we doing about it? Not much. So I'm not going to super glue myself quite yet to uh, Donald Trump's limousine, but maybe <laughs> that's where we're all going to wind up. So after an extinction rebellion, we go to, let's see, ah yes, Sunset. And it's a magnificent orchestral sound. And it's a small ensemble, but I'm not going to talk about it, but it was inspired by uh, Bucky Fuller, Sunset. Uh, a little poem, and uh, features the Western meadowlark in many, many different ways. But explore it and listen to it. Let me know what you think. And that's full of geometric uh, fractal uh, uh, geometry as well. And so are the next two pieces. The last two pieces, uh, since we're out here doing natural, natural uh, climate crisis uh, photography work, and composing on our off-down days. So um, the last two pieces are complementary. Weeds, which is only the first part, and that's again that ensemble. That's a powerful ensemble, those two piccolos all the way. So you're going from 28 centimeters to 5.5 meters of the low contra tuba. It's a very powerful sound. It would be exciting someday in the old days in Amsterdam, we had uh, very, very talented uh, performers who would love to do things like that, but maybe sometime in the future. 
But the way it's recorded now, I think, is better than what we did acoustically in the past for rhythmical spatial reasons. And uh, the last piece, as a kind of coda, is called Flowers. Flowers are to the background green of meadow and forest. What a well-made poem is to the constant chatter of sounds that surrounds us. How strikingly beautiful they are. These centers where essences converge. So there she is again. We'll round out with that. Those are all Yang plucked sounds. All of them. A whole little orchestra. Imagine beautiful women dressed in white, playing harps and lyres, guitars, guitars, chalestas. And there's one, but only one, sustaining sound of flute. Only one. And here comes this weird... Those are eight philosophy. Eight. Oh, here comes that stupid voice. It only takes one bad idea. Is that too to loud? Destroy a man or a woman or even an entire civilization. Always, I'm asking, is that true? That ground is very mysterious. Philosophy For musicians, there's a D and an A above, and the basses, eight of them, are tuned down to C sharp. But they're octaves and octaves and octaves apart. So the resonance is incredibly powerful. It goes after the contradictions. Contradictions. The misplaced, broken strings. And every instrumental, so there it goes to the simplest sound. They're all playing in independent cycles, like planets, around some unknown center. To the ground of truth. So now they're out of tune, tuning again, and now they come back together. Philosophy. Bam. Sings its songs in the open. Try it. This isn't Facebook. This isn't Spotify. This is Oregon. And simply listen to how the sound the whole hours resonates. Great man as it rings out. Flowing into the waters. waters. You hear how that low ground tone Those are eight bases. And that's all they play. They root the universe.
the fruit is the yin. It's the only sustaining vowel sound. All the rest are consonants. So it spins from complexity to simplicity and back. Listen how the ground goes away. See, they have to sustain that. It's very difficult. Use your whole bow. Bam. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now. This is Cliff for the Circle in the Square. Ciao for now.